Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online and Play Action Pools. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron and start of the new football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. And make sure you head over to the website or use the mobile device and sign up today for 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager is refunded up to $25, 100%. For new customers only, by signing up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And exciting news our podcast is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sports we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up on our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 highest-profile games of the week between NFL and college football, and whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Believe Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. What up, PCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. We got another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. I want to give a shout out, of course, to the Fantasy Focused Network as well. We got our man Buck back in the place. Some of you have been like, where the hell's Buck? Where's Levy at? Yo, we got Buck back in the place here for this one. Real special episode. This is where the nitty gritty all boils down. We are planting our flag in this episode. We are stomping the ground. We are calling our shot on our guys. Everyone in the industry calls them my guys. We call them gamers. We're going with our gamers, and maybe we'll have one or two players at the end that we will not draft for one reason or another. My name is Sky Guasco. I'm the host for today. Bobby Lamarco, of course, in the place. And as I mentioned, Buck back with us. Also a familiar face here to the fantasy-focused crew. Buck, good to have you back, man. How are you? Yeah, happy to be here again. I just want to make it clear for everybody, Levy and I are going nowhere we ain't leaving to quote one Leo DiCaprio. So we will be there starting at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on opening weekend. Make sure you're here. Set your clocks to it. As many alarms as you need. I don't care. Be here. We will answer your start sick questions. Can't wait to feel the love on Sundays. But for the record, on this podcast, folks know I say that's my guy. So I'm going to go with my guys. You guys go with the gamers. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Bobby, how you feeling, man? We've had a very, very busy week. We've got bold predictions. We've got must-have players. We've been all over the place here, but tonight is the one where we plant our flag and take our guys. How you feeling about this one? 
Uh, well, first off, I just want to say, guys, it's not our fault. Buck's expensive. It's hard to get him on more than once a week. It costs a lot of money. So we, we, we invest where we can. We're trying our best. We're a startup. But we're glad to have Buck on, of course. Uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. And the best part, too, is I'm not going to talk about Tyler Boyd today. I actually took him <laughs> off my list. So, but I will mention he is my he is one of my guys. But I, you guys already know that, so it's all good. <laughs> if anyone's curious about Tyler Boyd analysis, feel free to dial back any of the previous eleven podcasts. And Bobby has a five minute section on Tyler Boyd, no problem there. That's true. all right, boys. I want to give a shout out once again to the Fantasy Focus Network. We're streaming live on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're on Facebook. We already got Dio in the place. Shouts out to our boy. We got everyone coming in next Sunday morning. We'll be with you for the start sits, as Buck mentioned. But guys, we got a lot of names to cover here, so let's dive right in. Buck, we're going to let you kick off, man. Who is your first gamer slash my guy for 2021? It's Josh Allen. That won't come as a surprise to any of the fantasy fo- focus listener crew. Um, Josh Allen is my guy. His current ADP at 36, number two quarterback off the board. This is a fella who simply gets it done. And I feel like his marriage with Brian Dable is a lot like Harry Met Sally, right? It didn't start so good. We were friendly, but we weren't in love. And then over time, just 12 years and three months later, a.k.a. three years later, you have him transitioning into the Terminator that is Josh Allen. So the offensive line, no real big changes from last year. One positive I'm going to take him this season is hoping that Cody Ford will take his game to the next level at left guard. Uh, With that continuity they have at the offensive line, as well as the fact that Josh Allen's rush floor in terms of touchdowns and yardage is it's simply where it is at this point. And the fact remains, Buffalo's offensive line does not do a great job of zone blocking, which is what they primarily ran last year as opposed to the power scheme they ran in Josh Allen's first couple of seasons. I really feel that when push comes to shove, Josh Allen's numbers, they're not going down. Uh, they'll remain where they are. I think Josh Allen should end the season yet again with eight-plus rushing touchdowns. This is a fellow who simply goes out there and gets it done. I feel like the emergence of Gabe Davis down the stretch last year, you saw him against the Green Bay Packers with that beautiful bullet from Josh Allen. From a physicality standpoint, there's nothing he can't do, but it's that heart of gold. The guy's just a man's man and a winner's winner. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, that's my guy. Who hot. Get me fired up right off the bat. I love that, Josh Allen. Bob, you got any quick thoughts on Josh Allen before you get your guy? I just love him. I like it. I'm in. I drafted him in my Superflex League recently in the first round. I'm all in on Josh Allen. This guy actually at certain points last year was over 30 points per game. That's elite production. That's like where Patrick Mahomes was in 2008. So this guy is absolutely – and I love continuity. Buck said continuity. It hit my heart because I love continuity for fantasy football. That's why this is the best marriage we ever had. And I love Sky, too. The TCK has been great. But anyway, let's go to my game. Let's kick it over here. And it's actually – Antonio Gibson. Now, a little bit of one of my obvious ones. I'm going to hire up in the draft, guys. But when it comes down to Antonio Gibson, I think you got to go flash back to 2018. If we were all taking a time machine back to then, and you had an opportunity to draft CMC at the one-two turn, maybe even the second round, you probably would take it. And that's the offense and system that's here for Antonio Gibson. And the best part, too, is this guy is a converted wide receiver. He had more receiving yards and more receptions than carries in 2019, his last year at Memphis. This guy then converts to a running back. And instead of producing in the pass game, he dominates on the ground. If you just look at his stats from last year, he was 170 rushing attempts, 
for 4.7 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns. And if you just look at the 13 full games he played, because there is one game included where he got hurt early. So if you take that game out, he averaged 14.4 points per game. That would have been the RB14 last year as a rookie converted wide receiver. Like this guy was not a running back in college. And I can't stress that enough. Now, the biggest thing is it's not his passing game chops. It's his pass protection. And one of the key things I liked is that they just released Peyton Barber. And Peyton Barber was one of those bigger backs, veteran guy they like to trust in pass pro, along with J.D. McKissick. Now, I think with Peyton Barber leaving, that just shows more clarity. Also, I know J.D. McKissick's a nice When you look at the uh, preseason stats so far, I mean, Antonio Gibson's been an absolute workhorse. Yes, J.D. McKissick has come in and played. But if you look at the third downs he comes in on, Third and 14, third and 10, third and eight. It's like, you know what? You can have those third and longs. They know they're going to be pass plays. That's fine. Really coming down to is taking the next step and trusting him more in those kind of situations. Listen, you saw it with CMC. He actually split time his first season with Jonathan Stewart, and it was CMC in the pass game. They actually didn't give him the full workload on the ground. It's just opposite with Antonio Gibson. But this predates CMC, the North Turner Scott Turner scheme. I've broken down previously. AP in 2015, his lone season, full season with North Turner, RB2 that season. Ryan Matthews, top eight finish. LaDainian Thomason, the number one running back in fantasy. If you're going to mirror a running back to two running backs you want in your in your fantasy team, LaDainian Thomason and CMC are the guys that you want to do that with, and that is the offense he is in. Even a guy named Lamont Jordan for the Raiders had a ridiculous 18.6 points per game as the RB6 that year. Who's, who is he? I don't know. But that's North Turner. That's what he does. That's what Scott Turner does. This is the type of kind of guy you want to make an investment in. And he continues to go in that, you know, top half of the second round area. And I think if you can make that, if you can go back in a time machine and draft CMC really early, I think he would do the same thing here. And I think that's why I'm, I'm all in on Antonio Gibson for 2021. Man, I love that you just dropped a Jonathan Stewart reference. Shouts out to my Ducks. I love that. Also, fun fact, Lamont Jordan was an absolute animal for that <laughs> season there for the Raiders. Just want to yeah. throw that out there. I like that a lot. So Antonio he Gibson. He also had a couple of R&B jams in the 90s. Correct. Antonio Gibson and Josh Allen kick us off with our gamers slash my guys. I have nothing wrong with Antonio Gibson. I have nothing wrong with Josh Allen. But I'm going to stick with the quarterback position. I'm going to take another top-notch quarterback and my gamer this year is Kyler Murray. Now, if you go with the Kyler Murray or a Josh Allen, they seem obvious, right? It's like, yeah, they're two of the best quarterbacks in fantasy football. Finished number one and two last year. Does that even count as a gamer? Yes, and here's why. Because if Buck is willing to take Josh Allen first overall in and, and a quarterback, and I'm willing to take Kyler Murray as my number one quarterback, then I'm taking it as a gamer ahead of Patrick Mahomes, ahead of Dak and Lamar Jackson as well. Kyler Murray going as the ECR QB3. He's my QB1 ahead of Patrick Mahomes. ADP QB3 going in the middle of the fourth round. I will take that value all day long. Finished number two overall, just 15 points behind Josh Allen. He was QB4 in fantasy points per game behind Dak, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. But let's not forget, he basically was a different quarterback in the second half of the season when he banged up his shoulder in week 10. The offensive line for the Cardinals ranked 12th coming out of 2020. They moved up to 11th, according to Pro Football Focus. They're a top 10 passing pass blocking grade from Pro Football Focus, and they're bottom 10 in rushing grade. But despite the low 
running blocking grade. The Cardinals generated the third highest yards before contact per play last year, primarily due to Kyler Murray's rushing ability. His shoulder injury, again, was in Week 10 versus the Seahawks. He put up 21.5 more fantasy points than Bucks' Josh Allen during that time. In the first 10 weeks of the season, he put up 21.5 more fantasy points than Josh Allen. And he had a bye week in Week 8, so he played one less game as well. His average of 29.3 fantasy points per game in Weeks 1-10 to 10 would have been good for the single best mark ever if he maintained that over 16 games. He ranked 12th in fantasy points purely from a rushing production standpoint among all players. He averaged 9.7 carries per game weeks 1 to 10, and then that dropped plummeted to 6.6 during the final seven games after he got injured. Year two of DeAndre Hopkins with no offseason last year, of course, because of the COVID situation. Year two of New Hopkins. They add A.J. Green and they drafted Rondale Moore, signed me up all day long for Kyler Murray. And right now, statistically, he is an average thrower. If he takes a Josh Allen leap, a Lamar Jackson leap with a passing in year three here, sky's the limit for Kyler Murray, and I think he will be the number one quarterback. I'm also willing to take him as the number one quarterback this year. Now, before before we move on, we have a question, and I can't answer it. I need one of you guys to step in because I'll get upset. Better choices <laughs> to flex long haul, Tyler Boyd or Hollywood Brown. Uh, Buck, why don't, you, why don't we go to you, buddy? I'm, I'm going to go with your guy. I'm going to go with yes. Tyler Boyd because not only is he your guy, he is one of my guys. I just I had to do a favor to our listeners out there and make sure I didn't mention his name. But now that I've been <laughs> forced to, uh, I'm taking Tyler Boyd there. Hollywood, I love the player. I think he's growing as a player. I think the only issue I see with him is simply it's hit or miss. It's way too up and down. And I feel like the consistency you'll get week over week with Tyler Boyd warrants, warrants having him in the flex there consistently over Brown. For what uh, it's uh, worth, for what it's worth, I totally agree. And when, let's see, for, when Rashad Bateman gets healthy, I think he's just a better wide receiver overall and will become that number one for Lamar Jackson. I'll take Tyler Boyd over Hollywood as well. All right, well, so we got yeah, the first the next one, yeah. first round here of the gamers: Josh Allen, Antonio Gibson, and Kyler Murray. Let's go to round two here, boys. Buck, we'll let you kick this one off too. Who is your second? My guy for 2021. So currently ADP at 87, I have LaVisca Chenault, Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm not even going to call him a wide receiver this year. He's going to be the joker in Urban Meyer's scheme. Uh, You saw Curtis Samuel, what he produced. And I think there are two different players there, but the role will be very similar. LaVisca, I think this season with the injury to Travis Etienne, if this would have been prior to that injury, because I think ATM would have had this role in the Urban Meyer scheme. Anyone who's familiar with how Urban Meyer sets up, his primary target man, the man he manufactures plays for, spends time both in the backfield and coming across the middle. This year, I feel like LaVisca Chenault is bound to be that man for Urban Meyer. Now, will the offense as a whole be a success? Will there be bumps in the road? Absolutely. But the way that this scheme tries to manufacture touches – I think LaVisca Chenault matches that role to a T. And for that price point, we're talking about a flex player. I scoop him up in the eighth round every single time I see him. I can't get away from the man. I love LaVisca Chenault. I think he he showed some good strides last year. 
this is the year in this new scheme. I mean, you mentioned Percy Harvin as well. He is not Percy Harvin in his prime. He is not Curtis Samuel, but the role will be similar and the touches will be there. I'm looking forward to seeing how, how they scheme him up this season. I think that's fantastic. And if, if Marvin Jones, who seems to be more of the passing downs, number one, but he's a bit banged up with an AC joint in his shoulder. If he's not the true number one, it should be LaVisca Chanel. Either way, I don't think it's DJ Chark. And I like that a lot. A big breakout year for LaVisca Chanel this year uh, with Urban Meyer, who likes those type of hybrid wide receivers. I like that call a lot. Bob, who's number two for you, bud? Uh, just to let you guys know, and a slow draft going on right now. And I got two guys queued. One's Tyler Boyd, the other one's Chenault. So I got you. <laughs> I mean, go. it just this is like the longest slow draft, by the way, too. Like at one point, it took like 12, 14 hours for a guy to pick. So, but I digress. And let's move on to some gamers. All right. This is Amari Cooper. And the thing is, early on in the offseason, in the tide switch to CeeDee Lamb. And, and I know Amari Cooper was coming off his ankle surgery. And it took him a little time to get off the pup list. And he now he's now he's back at practice. He's been working. We see him in hard knocks. But it was C.D. Lamb grabbing all the headlines. And my biggest thing is if you just start looking at the history of Amari Cooper, that I don't believe we've seen his best season. And I'm going to kind of break down why. Number one is his target uh, upside. It, early on in his career, he actually averaged 130 targets right around there the first two seasons. But the thing is, Amari Cooper was very raw. It came out, he was 20 years old, and it showed in his catch rate and all that stuff and his yards per reception, and he really wasn't an efficient player back then. And then it started taking a little bit of a dip. Then he switched teams to Dallas, and Dallas, for what it's worth under Jason Garrett, wasn't a pass-heavy offense. And then 2020 comes, and Mike McCarthy injects just in a ridiculous amount of pass volume, and he's back to that 130 range. The problem is Dak Prescott gets hurt. So we haven't even seen all the pieces come together. Last season, he had a career high, 92 receptions. That is 10 better than any other season he's ever had. Problem is, there was no Dak Prescott. So it made me kind of take a little bit of a, a detour, and I wanted to take a look at some things. And I'll break down why I have him over CeeDee Lamb as well. But first off, prior to last season, there were six teams in the NFL who was going into a second year of a scheme with a, the same quarterback. Five wide receiver ones improved of the six in their second year of the scheme and the second year with that quarterback. That's the situation that Mari Cooper will go into. Yes, I know Dak left early, but he did have a offseason. He also worked on it was on part of the team for the first five weeks. But then I also looked at Mike McCarthy and his history of wide receiver ones. Since he became the head coach of the Packers, his wide receiver one averaged 13.8 points per game. That would be the wide receiver 12 last year. So there it is. You see Mike McCarthy's schemes have been conducive for wide receiver ones. However, if you look at the 133 targets that those wide receivers average under Mike McCarthy and you apply Amari Cooper's efficiency with Dak Prescott, he would have had 217 fantasy points last year, wide receiver eight. So we're starting to see that little bump and the little climb. However, I do an analysis called fantasy points per reception. And Mari Cooper had a ridiculously outlier year. He only generated a certain amount of points on those 92 receptions. If you apply his career yards per reception to 92 receptions last year, he would have jumped all the way to the wide receiver six just ahead of DK Metcalf. So we're starting to see a story of him improving in this Mike McCarthy scheme with the volume and also with Dak back. But let's look at him versus CeeDee Lamb. Last season, if you look at the four first four games of the year, he out-targeted CeeDee Lamb 55, 51 to 29. So weeks one through four, 51 targets for Cooper, 29 for CeeDee Lamb. 
That week five game, he, he got shadowed by James Bradbury. And listen, James Bradbury is one of the best shadow corners last year. He shut down Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb had a bigger game, but it still was 55-40 to 40 weeks one through five. Now, that to me shows that Amari Cooper was still the guy. I know C.D. Lamb was a rookie. But even this offseason, remember, Dak hurt his shoulder. C.D. Lamb was making all those plays with backup quarterbacks. It wasn't Dak Prescott. Now C.D. Lamb's on COVID list, and guess who's back, and guess who else is back? Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott. But Dak Prescott in his career averages 53% of his, of, his, of his attempts to the slot. Over the last four years, that's 48 of 58 qualified quarterbacks. So he's not even a heavy slot thrower. So I know that's a lot of digest, but Dak Prescott's one of the very few quarterbacks that will target out wide and not just throw the slot. And I think a lot of people are excited about C.D. Lamb because he's got that slot role. But Dak's not that type of quarterback. So I think that Amari Cooper could have a career year, and that's why he's my guy. And I'm buying him all day now that he's slipped into the fourth round. Hoo-wee. Well, for those of you who are C.D. Lamb truthers as well, and no hate to Amari Cooper, he's very, very good. But there is another incredible wide receiver, maybe two out there. Shouts out to my boy, Michael Gallup. C.D. Lamb, I'm going to make the case for him right now. He is my second gamer this year. ECR wide receiver 12. He's my wide receiver 11. Going as the wide receiver 11 in the early third round. And Bobby, you and I have been over Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb a few times. I have CeeDee Lamb ranked higher than Amari Cooper. And I'm going to break it down and make the case right now. From weeks one through five, same thing. A lot of these similar time frames you mentioned with and without Dak, I'm just going to give you CeeDee Lamb's version of it. Again, as a rookie coming in with no preseason, no offseason, here we go. Weeks one through five, Lamb was the wide receiver 11 in fantasy, averaging 17 PPR fantasy points per game. He was sixth in the NFL in yards over those five games, 424, 10th in targets with 40, 11th in receptions at 29, and averaged 2.14 yards per target and fantasy points per target. He caught 74 passes, which is a rookie franchise record. For the Cowboys, five touchdowns, just shy of 1,000 yards, 935. He went from 86.6 yards per game to 45.6 after Dak Prescott went down after week five. If you extrapolate that 86.6 yards per game with Dak over 16 games, 1,385 yards for CeeDee Lamb on a full season. He was ranked the best rookie performance out of the slot per pro football focus since they started tracking the data in 2006. A side note for the Dallas offense in general, obviously Dak is back. We know that Zeke will perform much better, which should bring up the safeties and bring up the linebackers as well. Stack the box a bit more, which is going to help the wide receivers and their top three offensive linemen are back. Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and Lyle Collins, who missed a combined 36 games last year in 2020. That only helped Dak stay clean from a good pocket as well. I know Mari Cooper is coming in healthy now. He's had a foot sprain over the offseason. He's had foot and lower body issues, plantar fasciitis a couple years ago as well. If anything props up again, C.D. Lamb could definitely be the number one. I know this is silly, but I have to end my C.D. Lamb take with this every time. Player profiler ranks and combines all the stats and statistics and then compares it to a former player with the, the player makeup, the statistics, and everything else. Their player comp is Jerry Rice for CD Lamb. So if I can get 70% of Jerry Rice 
with CeeDee Lamb in year two with a full offseason. Yes, he was doing it with backups. Nonetheless, the dude's been an animal, getting plenty of work this season. Amari Cooper's great. CeeDee Lamb is also great. CeeDee Lamb right now is cheaper. I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb as my gamer. CeeDee Lamb's not cheaper. I'm sorry. I have to call you out on that. He's not – every draft I've been in, he, it's been Lamb over Cooper. So that's only – and this is another – I love CD Lamb, and, and I think you brought up on our last episode. You said duos, top twelve duos, the best one of all of them that could be two top twelve guys on the same team. But I've seen CD Lamb consistently going around pick thirty in twelve team drafts, and Cooper's going closer to forty. So I, I just, I just think that that's why I made him my gamer too, because I just feel like you can get him actually a little bit later now because CD everything you see because of hard knocks is CD Lamb one one handed catch. Tapping at the end of the end zone. So I, I, I think we got to go to Buck on this one. Tiebreaker, Buck, who do you got? I got Amari Cooper here, despite the plantar fasciitis flare-up in the past. I can tell you from experience, that is a terrible injury. Brutal. And, uh, I've had it too. Yeah, it's so bad. So if that flares up, we're screwed. But I like Amari <laughs> Cooper. The consistency is great there. Listen, CD is a fantastic player. I just think Amari Cooper is a bit more consistent. Fair enough. And I think the reality is, like, by this Dallas offense, last year people were all in. And we're not talking about Michael Gallup here, but he's he's that guy. He's the Antonio Brown, right? The hype in, in the Tampa is Antonio Brown instead of Godwins or Evans. You should get Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb. But if you don't somehow, definitely look at Michael Gallup. All right, boys. That is two rounds of our gamers. Before we get into round three, I want to take a quick break and give a shout-out to one of our sponsors here. And you know I got to give a big up to our friends over at the Jersey Jungle. The Jersey Jungle, you can find them on Instagram. DM them at the Jersey Jungle. Make sure you use the promo code TCK to receive 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. Once again, Jersey Jungle on Instagram. My man Trenton will take care of you. The promo code is TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. They have all sports, home, away, stitch and twill, High-quality jerseys you can see behind me. I've got Colin Kaepernick and my boy Justin Herbert. I got a few more in the mail coming my way. I'm very, very excited about that. Buck, of any NFL player right now or anybody on your gamers list, any NFL player, who would you want a jersey of right now, and would it be home or away or a throwback? Who are you feeling? Uh, It'd be an away Justin Zimmer, number 61 defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills. Man, just made the roster. My favorite player. I already have the home jersey. It's a 4XL because I ordered it during the Bills playoff run, hammered drunk, and (laughs) it was the only Bills size they had in stock. So I'm wearing a dress to the Bills versus Buccaneers game here in Tampa in December. Can't wait for it, but I'll take that, that away white for that game if I can get it there. I absolutely love that. Bob? A non-skill position player, anybody in the NFL, non-skill position, whose jersey are you taking? Quentin Nelson. I love that guy. He's a he's a mauler in the run game. Um, and it's just like I love what like the Notre Dame offensive linemen, just tough. Uh, so I would go Quentin Nelson. I love it. I love it. There's a lot of guys. I might stick with the Colts, though, and go with Darius Leonard, middle linebacker, Ooh. just leading the league in tackles every single season. Dude's an absolute animal. He's a lot of fun as well. Or I might go with my man McGlinchey as well for the uh, 49ers. So a lot of options there at the Jersey Jungle. Once again, Jersey Jungle on Instagram. DM that my man Trenton will take care of you. Promo code TCK. All right, Bob, 
Or let's go with the Buck. We'll have you kick it off for round three again one more time. Let's go with your third gamer. Who are you feeling here for your third gamer this year? For my third gamer, I'm going at the running back position here. Currently the number 15 running back on ADP, 33 overall. So the back end of the third round, David Montgomery. Now what I want you to do is wipe away weeks one through 12 last season. Wipe them away. Let's take into account the last six games, the emergence of David Montgomery, 72 yards, two touchdowns, 113 yards, touchdown, 146-2, It goes on. This guy absolutely exploded at the end of last season. I think he proved to the coaching staff that this is their man. Not only was he efficient running the football during that stretch, he was great all year catching the football. So there's always going to be the doubt here with Tariq Cohen coming back, right? Whether or not Tariq Cohen's going to go ahead and take a lot of those. I'm sure he will. However, the pass game was excellent for Montgomery last year. His ability to make men miss in space. He's just an old school runner. I look for him to have a great year this year. But what I'm really keying in on is that ADP, where you can get him. I am more than happy to have David Montgomery as my RB2 in the third round. I think he he will be – he's either going to be the guy that wins a championship or potentially loses it, but I'm looking at that upside on David Montgomery. This is just an old-school football player, loves getting hit, loves, loves giving the hits, and his moves are fantastic. David Montgomery, 10-plus TD upside. Um, it's a field pick, kind of like sometimes I feel like watching Notting Hill by myself in the dark. <laughs> Man, one of my favorite pastimes, Notting Hill by myself in the dark. Buck, we we are going to get along. I love this. Yo, David Montgomery, man, won a lot of people leagues last year. Very, very impressive season. It's really just going to come down to the health of Tariq Cohen already on the pup list. Yep. Not looking good for him. Uh, you know, Khalil Herbert looks legit too, though. Um, so keep an eye on him. But I, I like that, bringing Damian Williams, whatever. But uh, David Montgomery, nice, nice RB2 with obvious top-end upside there all right buck bob bob and buck bob and buck fucking bob too many b's i sound it kind of sounds like we're gonna have like an awesome duo show in the future me and buck bob and buck buck and bob we'll figure it out yeah wait all right bob who is number three here for your for your gamers this year you know what's really exciting i have a i'm doing another fantasy draft via on here right now so please work with me everyone i love you all to death mine is season yes baby uh Corey davis um so it really starts with – I have to go back one year, and it's actually Stefan Diggs that kind of gets into the back of my mind. And why I'm bringing this up is Stefan Diggs changed teams, and I actually look at efficiency metrics. So I look at yards per route run, yards per target, and I actually included my own metric, which is fantasy points per drop back for wide receivers. So when I did that, one of the things I noticed is that Corey Davis last year was one of the most efficient players in football. He was fourth in yards per target, fifth in yards per route run, and eighth in my metric. Now, this reminds me of Stefan Diggs, who the year prior was top two, right behind Michael Thomas in all these efficiency metrics. But I was like, yeah, he's changing teams. But what I didn't think about was what happens if he just gets a boatload of volume as the new number one for Buffalo? And sure enough, Diggs goes off. And I said to myself, I'm not going to make that mistake again. This is what Corey Davis is this year. Last season, I just broke him down. Top five in yards per route run, yards per target on 50, minimum 50 targets. Eighth in that metric when it comes to all the efficiencies. The other thing about Corey Davis that I really do like is that he also has 
a lot of knowledge of the Mike LaFleur offense. His, his, bro, his Mike LaFleur's brother is Matt LaFleur, who was his offensive coordinator in 2018. That's the system Arthur Smith ran over the last two years. So even though he's changed teams, he has a lot of familiarity with the scheme they're running in New York. Then on top of that, we see, you know, what the preseason. 10 of the 20 attempts that Zach Wilson has thrown has gone to Corey Davis. So half of his attempts, I know that's extreme because it's preseason, but that's insane. It shows that Zach Wilson, and first of all, I like that Zach Wilson has shown that he can play in the NFL. And I have a lot of optimism for him. But that makes me really interested in Corey Davis. Now, I think a lot of people don't realize that Corey Davis in 2017 was a top five pick. Top five. So if you go back, he leads the NCAA in career receiving yards. He had over 5,000 yards at Western Michigan. This guy was an absolute animal. He's only one of two players ever to have 5,000 yards receiving in college for his career. That makes That's like when – oh, sorry, guys. One second. One second. Okay, cool. We're good. Just drafted uh, CEH in the third round. Woo! Anyway, so that's my point. So I love seeing that. And then when you look at fantasy points to targets, so I like to see how many fantasy points a player creates on a tar- per-target basis. He was higher than Calvin Ridley, Stefan Diggs, Robert Woods, C.D. Lamb, D.J. Moore, and DeAndre Hopkins last year. The problem is he only saw about 90 targets. So if this guy is that efficient on the low targets, what's going to happen if he starts approaching 120 and maybe 130? We talk about this guy all the time. Kyle Shanahan, X receivers. We love the X receiver and Kyle Shanahan scheme. They are target monsters. Julio Jones, way back in 2015, 200 targets. Pierre Garçon, that like, Sky loves to bring up 180 targets in this X receiver role. So I think there's a bunch of upside for him. And he's going 88th overall in the eighth round. I just think that if you – I like to fade receivers early. So if you get a guy like Corey Davis as your third receiver in the eighth round, I think it's a slam dunk. I'm really excited for him in 2021. Man, he was absolutely peppered in the couple of preseason games as well. So if Zach Wilson's going to pepper him like he did, uh, obviously, you know, Elijah Moore is going to be in the mix. Hopefully my boy Denzel Mims gets a little love. But, Bobby, the biggest move here with your boy Corey Davis, Chris Herndon no longer taking one and a half targets per game out of the Jets anymore with him being in Minnesota. So you should be good to go there with Chris Herndon leaving town. Before I get into my third gamer, I want to give a shout-out here. We got some on-air admiration, so I want to give a shout-out here. Not trying to crush on you, but Buck, you look amazing. David Montgomery, great RB2, by the way. Want to give shouts out to our folks, giving the loves here. So big up to everybody tuning in live here on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch as well. And of course, we're streaming on Periscope as well. I have one more gamer, and then we're going to get into some players that unfortunately we're not as excited about and we're not willing to draft them individually and of course i want to give another shout out and reminder to catch us next sunday morning we'll be going with that sunday morning start sit onslaught buck's going to be back in the hot seat levy's in the hot seat bob and i'll be with you as well it's going to be a full meal deal check us in next sunday morning and everybody tuning in live here why don't you throw in the comments throw in your gamer somebody in the nfl somebody in fantasy drafts you are You're moving everybody else aside. Maybe you're even reaching a round or two if you have to to get your guy. Who is your guy? Make sure you drop it here in the comments. Okay, I'm going to go with my – Frank Gore, that's my dog. I'm going to go with my final gamer here. And I did have a couple alternates, so I was trying to narrow it down here, but I have to just go with my guy because 
this is tough because a rookie is tough to have as your my guy. But over the last couple of seasons, specifically last year, we saw five different rookies last year dominate in the second half of the season and win you championships. I think this guy can do it from start to finish. And my final gamer for this season is Najee Harris, rookie for the Pittsburgh football Steelers. Going as the ECR running back 13, he's my running back 10, and I want him higher than that. But Bobby and I are friends, and I want to keep him on the show, so I will not rank him higher than Antonio Gibson, but I want to. ADP, running back 12, going in the early part of the second round. I will draft him in the back of the first round. Najee Harris, first round draft capital. Bobby and I had an entire episode on draft capital and what it means for running backs, 90% plus first round running backs get the workload and produce if healthy for fantasy football. I want that on my roster pick number 24 overall first running back drafted in this class goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, James Connor, who is somebody that reluctantly people are taking on their draft on their rosters this year did not produce last year. He's been pretty much injured his entire career other than 2018 when he was the running back six for the Pittsburgh Steelers in just 13 games. Last year, Pittsburgh was dead last in rushing yards, rushing yards per carry, and rushing first downs. They have never, never been last in any of those categories since they started tracking at the AFL-NFL merger in 1970. So 50-plus years, the Pittsburgh Steelers have never been dead last in rush yards, yards per carry, or rushing first downs. They were last year. Mike Tomlin does not want that to happen. They're going to feed my man, Najee Harris. I don't like to go back to college too often with fantasy analysis and the pros with rookies, but I think it's important when you're this dominant as Najee Harris was at the University of Alabama. At Alabama, he was behind Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs as a sophomore. He was the best one of the three. Najee Harris, as a sophomore, outpaced Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs with 6.7 yards per carry to Damian Harris's 5.3 and Josh Jacobs' 5.8, respectively. He's PFF's highest-graded SEC running back over the last seven seasons. Najee Harris is the number one running back for pro football focus grading SEC running backs, top colleges in the country. Listen to this list. Najee Harris is at the top of it. Nick Chubb, Darius Geis, Sony Michelle, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, all on the list. Najee Harris is up at the top. He broke Derrick Henry's Alabama total touchdown record with 30, breaking Derrick Henry's 28, and he set all-time school records in rush yards, rushing touchdowns, and total touchdowns in his career at Alabama. Now I want to digress one more time and maybe for the last time ever relive the incredible four-year stunt that Le'Veon Bell had before the wheels fell off and he got arrogant, sat out, signed with the Jets, went downhill, and now he's out of a job. But those of you that have been playing over the last six or seven years, remember 2014 Le'Veon Bell for the Pittsburgh Steelers, number one running back overall in fantasy football. 2015, he got hurt, only played six games. He was 47th. 2016, in 12 games, he was the third running back in fantasy football and PPR. In 2017, he was the second running back in fantasy football behind only Todd Gurley's incredible season that year when Lev played uh, 15 games. In 2016, which is when he only played 12 games, he was the running back three in PPR. He had 336 touches 
1,884 total yards and nine touchdowns. Those are incredible numbers. But I do think it's possible that Najee Harris can have similar numbers and maybe you tone those yards down to maybe, let's call it 16, 1,700 total yards, but total touchdowns. Le'Veon Bell was never a huge touchdown guy. I think Najee Harris can get 13, 14, 15 total touchdowns because he can catch the ball out of the backfield, which people I think are neglecting in fantasy drafts. 330 touches for Najee Harris seems given in this offense, what Mike Tomlin wants to do. 15 to 1,700 total yards and upwards of 15 total touchdowns is possible for Najee Harris. We saw Alvin Kamara do it as a rookie in 2017. Najee Harris is my dog. I'm sticking to my guns. Stays healthy. I think he's going to be possibly even a top five running back overall. You're getting him right now as the ECR RB 13 in the second round. I'll take him in the back of the first. I'll let you take this, Buck. Go ahead. I know you you agree, right? Well, I hate the fact that you went to the Alabama stats. Um, and it's not – I mean, you have to do it, right? It's a rookie. But when you're playing running back at Alabama, it's a completely different game coming to the NFL. I think he'll be a successful back. I do not think he'll be a first-round pick when we look back on this draft. I think he'll settle in around late second, mid-third, somewhere in that range. I think he's very talented. But there hasn't been enough of that output in the last two years from that same offensive structure. And despite the the great outstanding skills of the player – I, I'm just so hesitant to take a rookie in the first round. I, I just I, I can't do it. And the fact that you have the balls to do so, Sky, I mean, it says a lot about you because yeah. I, I can't I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I've been very critical of Alabama running backs in the past as well. All right. Yeah, I Bob. listen. I, okay, first of all, people want to talk about offensive line play and it doesn't matter that much. That's that's a flat out lie. First of all, number one, Carolina is a bad example of, to compare. Carolina last year was 13th in adjusted line yards. That shows the push a line gets to help the run game. Dead last last year was the Steelers. They have five new offensive linemen. They always say that the two positions that need the most continuity is offensive line and secondary play. And if they don't have that, I'm not. I'm just not seeing it. The Steelers in 2017 just drafted Deontay Johnson. And then in 2017, you're talking about one of the best offensive lines in football, and it deteriorated like terribly over the last few years. On top of that, too, Ben Roethlisberger in 2018 and 2020 has been in the bottom three in target percentage to running backs. It just hasn't been the same. It wasn't the Le'Veon Bell years. It's not like that. I just I think he's going to be 20-20 Zeke, where he finishes as a top 10 running back because of volume. But when you look at his points per game, he's more closer to 15-16 like Zeke was last year. Fair enough. Fair enough. And that's why we do the gamers. And now even maybe more important is we turn the page here and – get into our players that we're not willing to draft. Now, before we do that, I do want to give another shout-out here. Bob, do we have another sponsor here that we want to give a shout-out to? We got a last minute here on Draft with Red Zone. I want to give them a shout-out before we get into our will-not-draft list, which is maybe more important to pay attention to because if you make a mistake in the draft, you're going to pay for it. All the guys that we've talked about are tremendous athletes. We just need them to stay healthy, but we're going to turn the page on some guys that we're not as confident about. But before we do that, Bob, let's give a shout-out to Draft with Red Zone. Yeah, Draft with Red Zone. Listen, if you find yourself in the draft and you're doing it with uh, Draft with Red Zone, you find that the sticker of one of these must 
players to avoid, put it back on the shelf and grab a different one of these must-have guys we've already talked about or gamers. But if Red Zone Draft Boards is more than a draft board. First of all, number one, $5 goes to charity to help kids play youth sports. That's a great thing to remember. Also, in-person drafts, the best way to do it. I love that concept. But you also get a championship ring, an engraved case. You also get cheat sheets from fantasypoints.com. So it's a well-rounded package. And the best part, too, it's only $90 through the end of the month. And if you use that promo code TC, I'm sorry, through the end of start of the season, use that promo code TCK, you get 10% off. So this total package, that includes the ring, the draft board, the last place sign, the cheat sheets, includes all this great stuff you can get for $80. And best part, too, is you get back together with your friends and draft in person. So make sure you do it with draftredzone.com. Boom. There we go. All right, boys, we're going to rally this up here with unfortunately kind of end on a, a low note a little bit here, but we've talked praise, sing praises for the top six guys that are our gamers, our my guys, our must have players on draft boards. But now we're going to turn the page and we're going to suggest somebody that us individually are not as high on. Buck, of course, we'll start with you. I know you're spitting flames. I'm going to put myself on mute so that I behave myself. Give you the air, my man. Who is your will not draft player for 2021? So folks that have uh, been fantasy focused listeners, viewers for the last six years, uh, they know that this will come off as sacrilegious. Um, I'm taking Austin Eckler, a man I've referred to as Austin Eck piece for the better part of four seasons. One of my favorite players in the NFL. But the fact is he's my favorite player when he's drafted in the third, fourth or fifth rounds. He's not so much coming in at ADP 10, and I'm going to give you a little bit to back that up here. Again, great player, great receiver out of the backfield, and I think he'll take a nice leg up. I know he missed six games last year. So last year, first off, I want to say 2019 was not an anomaly. I'll put that out there first off. 11 combined touchdowns. He had 240 opportunities, though. That includes targets as well as carries. All right, so that's not even touches at this point. That's low for a running back. PPR formats, I understand you'll get that on the back end, but then we got to look at last year extrapolated out. So 10 games, 116 rushes, 65 targets, extrapolated out to 16 games, 159.5 rush, 89 targets. That's 249 opportunities. That's low for an RB1. If I'm going to draft an RB1, I want to be at least at 275, 280, and then, you know, you had Sky talking about 330 for a guy like Najee Harris, which I think is valid. But that's just so low. And he's so good. But the problem is they're going to be very good through the air. And it's not so much a problem for him. It's simply that the touchdown production is not there. He's not the target in the red zone. And the fact remains, the 11 combined touchdowns, that's the part that I think might be an anomaly. When you break it down, I see Austin Eckler as an eight-touchdown guy total that combines your receiving edge to your, your rush touchdowns as well. Now let's talk about some guys that are going around that spot at ADP 10. Jonathan Taylor, 271 opportunities last year, 12 TDs, and that was only five games with 20 or more opportunities with the ball in his hands. So if you think that Jonathan Taylor going at seven, so it's before Eckler, but I feel a hell of a lot better about that. Let's go to Nick Chubb going at 14 here. 347 opportunities in 2019 with eight TDs. No Kareem Hunt. 2020, 208 opportunities, 12 games, 12 TDs, extrapolate to 16, 260, which is still low, 
but 16 touchdowns. Nick Chubb gets it done, and he's going four picks higher or four picks lower than Austin Eckler. Aaron Jones, 264 opportunities in 2020, 11 touchdowns. The fact remains, if you're taking a running back in the first round or even the first three or four picks of the second round, I need 10-plus touchdown upside. I just don't see it consistently with Austin Eckler. And that that's what it is. If we're talking about Austin Eckler at the back end of the second round and all through the third round, I am all over it. I would love to have Austin Eckler as my as my RB2. Fact remains, I'm not taking him as my RB1. It, it breaks my heart because he was my guy for the last four seasons. I love Austin Eckler. Fair he enough, man. And, and and to your point, you know, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill are going around that area too. Stephon Diggs. I mean, there are other options there for you. I love Austin Eckler. He's my running back six right now. Wow. I do think hopefully he can stay healthy. And then B, they're bringing in Joe Lombardi, offensive coordinator. That's going to be huge in my opinion, right? He has – been with Alvin Kamara the last three seasons. And I'm not saying that Austin Eckler is going to turn into Alvin Kamara, but he could, and he has a tremendous upside with uh, the passing as well. And a lot of people see Justin Herbert as a gunslinger. I watched him in high school. I watched him every snap at college down the street at Austin stadium for the ducks. He is willing to check it down last year. Austin Eckler was out quite a bit and they were behind in almost every game or playing catch up at least. So he was having to chuck it down the field. He can, but he's willing to also dump it off in that offense. I think Joe Lombardi is going to suggest that regardless. So look, Buck, I appreciate this one because you're, you're, you're making a great case with the touchdown floor and lack of upside. And I hear you, but I think what he, what he has Eckler has that Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb definitely don't have, and maybe even uh, Aaron Jones in a full season is the receiving upside. And we know that, you know, receptions are, you know, two times more efficient than rushing opportunities. So you're really just kind of picking your poison there. I think it's a great, great knock to not take him in the first round, definitely in the second, but I love a man, Austin Eckler. All right, Bob, who is your guy that you are not willing to draft in 2021? So it's Michael Thomas. And what I, first of all, I, this isn't just like, oh yeah, everyone knows this. He's out for the first six weeks. I think, I don't think people realize that, you know, number one, he's going at this, he's right now today in NFC ADP is going in the seventh round. I have done back to back drafts over the last couple of days. I've seen him going in seventh, eighth and ninth round consistently. He's going ahead of guys like Corey Davis, who I know for a fact is going to be there week one on a team. He could be a target hog on. The other aspect of this whole thing is he's not coming back to the same situation. This isn't Drew Brees. Like, he's coming back to a Jameis Winston-led offense. And I understand that where Michael Thomas won the most was the short intermediate game, high catch rate, on-time throws with Drew Brees. And we brought this up a couple weeks ago with Alvin Kamara and how we were a little hesitant, I was personally, at number three because Jameis Winston doesn't have the same touch that a guy like Drew Brees does. And I just think that for me – in the seventh, eighth, and ninth round, I'm not interested in taking a guy who, number one, who just had ankle surgery in June when he was supposed to have it in January. On the other aspect of this, too, this guy has, by the way, he's going to miss the first six weeks. He's potentially back the seventh week. And FYI, I understand there's 16 weeks in fantasy, but there's only really, well, now it's set like, well, yeah, week 16, right? But there's only technically 13 weeks of the regular season to make the playoffs. Realistically, you'll be lucky to have this guy for half the season coming off ankle surgery. So it's not like he hurt his shoulder, can do cardio the whole time. He's going to be off his feet for a while. So for him to get ramped up, you're adding maybe another two weeks to that. Then what are you going to have? Michael Thomas, maybe a wide receiver too with Jameis Winston for the final four weeks of the regular season. 
I just don't really see it in the seventh, eighth, and ninth round when you can take guys who are going to make immediate impacts in week one. That's why I am avoiding him at all costs, even in the double-digit rounds. After Marvin Jones goes and those guys, I'm still not that interested because I'm going to be looking at guys like Higby, Logan Thomas, tight ends as well in that range. We talked about Marcos Callaway a couple weeks ago, Bobby, when he had that great Monday night game, and we came back and said, okay, what about Michael Thomas? And I said at that point two weeks ago, I was not willing to draft Michael Thomas either at all, no matter really the uh, the fall potentially in his ADP. I'm just not comfortable with this scenario. Before I get into mine and we wrap up here, Buck, do you feel the same about Michael Thomas or let's just say like, look, everybody in your league's paying attention. Everybody knows the risk reward, whatever, but somebody's like, well, shit, I'm stacked at wide receiver. Now might as well have Michael Thomas as my wide receiver six. Why the hell not? Are you willing to draft him in the eight, nine, 12th round if he falls or are you just out like Bobby and I are? If it's the 13th, in a, in a standard 15 round, I'll do that. If it's the 32nd round, I'm yeah. taking him. No, I mean, he's slant boy to me. And if there's anything, Jameis Winston, I think I said this last week when we recorded, he just he struggles so immensely over the middle. It, it That's where you butter your bread. You're going to have a lot of butterless bread. Oh, it's the worst. And if you don't have any hummus to back it up, then you just have bread. And at that point, yeah. I mean – just bread's not going to do it for You're me. You're eating a loaf of Sarah, Sarah Lee Artisan. You know, guys, can, what, I, can, I steal, can I steal the spotlight for a second? I'm on the please. clock. I have three running backs, three receivers, but Dak fell and also TJ Hawkinson. So what do you guys think? Dak. Or should I? Dak? Flex? No. Regular. So would he be? You don't have a QB? Don't, don't have a QB yet, and I don't have a tight end. I have three running backs, three Dak. receivers. Dak and Dak. Dak. Dak and Dak and then Higby in the next round. Easy. Yeah. All right. All Hit him right. with the Higgs. Hit him with the Higgy. All right. All right, Dak. All right, baby. Let's do Dak, this. All Dak right. and Higgy. Right. Yo. And look, oh, they're consulting. I love it. That's what we bring here. And on Sunday Live, we're going to be doing all – you just saw a oh, glimpse man. of what Sunday Lives are going to be, baby. I all day it. long. And look, the best part of that Dak pick is when CeeDee Lamb's the number one wide receiver in fantasy football, you're going to be singing all the way to the bank, Bobby. <laughs> we expect 10% apiece for the help, but we'll talk about that after the show. Speaking of butterless bread, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is butterless bread IMO. 68 red zone attempts last year and opportunities more, most in the NFL. He turned that into 12 touchdowns, fourth most in the NFL. He had the most opportunities, scored the fourth most touchdowns. I want better efficiency than that. RB, 20 in ECR. He's my running back, 25. I want him a lot lower because I love my man Kenyon Drake, as you heard on the last episode. But until we see what shakes out in Las Vegas, I got to keep him up in the RB2s but I don't want Josh Jacobs at all this season. ADP, RB20 going in the back of the fourth round. No chance am I drafting Josh Jacobs in the back of the fourth round. Probably not even until like the seventh, so there's no chance I'm getting him this year. 296 touches last season, zero plays of over 40 yards. No burst, Mm. unfortunately, there for Josh Jacobs. That is going to hurt. I need big plays. Raheem Mostert, volume, 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 big play. Melvin Gordon. Against the Jets, running out the clock, garbage time, pound, 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 60-yard touchdown. I need the burst. Josh Jacobs doesn't seem to have it. 21 fantasy points per game in wins, 10 fantasy points in losses. 17 of his 19 career touchdowns coming in wins. Vegas total for the Raiders, 7.5 wins. I don't like that at all. I've mentioned all of those stats already on like the previous 
three or four podcasts. And unfortunately, as much as Tyler Boyd loves, or Bobby Lamarco loves Tyler Boyd, and you've mentioned Tyler Boyd in four or five or 12 consecutive episodes, I feel like I've mentioned Josh Jacobs now in five or six. So he's like he's like the nemesis of, of Tyler Boyd at this point. But wait, there's more. Josh Jacobs last year was worse than Kenyon Drake in converting third downs of three yards or fewer last year. Jacobs was successful on 58% of his tries, Kenyon Drake was successful in 57% of his tries. The Raiders lost four of their five best run blockers this offseason. They finished as Pro Football Focus's 24th ranked offensive line in 2020. They fell to 26th heading into 21. And there's a note at the bottom of the rankings that it would be lower if they were to redo their rankings because they lost even more guys since then. Final note on Josh Jacobs, the schedule. I don't talk about fantasy schedule too often, but every once in a while, it matters. It's a reason why I faded Daniel Jones last year when everybody was hot on him. Another reason I faded Deshaun Watson last year and didn't draft him when he was at his worst over the first five games because of his schedule, and then he picked up so I could pick him up off waiver wires or trade for cheap. If you want to trade for cheap on Josh Jacobs, if he makes it through this gauntlet after the eight bye week, be my guest. Baltimore. At Pittsburgh, Miami, at the Chargers, healthy, Chicago, at Denver, Philadelphia. First seven games, all of those rushing defenses are top 15. Three of them, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Philadelphia, are top five in the NFL coming into 2021. They have a bye week in week nine, and we'll see what happens after that. It's probably the Kenyon Drake show, I would imagine. No chance I'm drafting Josh Jacobs in the fourth, fifth round. Seventh or eighth, maybe, but at that point, I'm probably stacked at running back and I'm not worried about him anyway. Josh Jacobs off my board for 2021, gentlemen. Am I crazy or are you are you also not going to enjoy butterless bread? I as an Italian, I cannot even imagine butterless bread. No, I'm staying away from Jacobs. He's the one guy where where he sneaks up on you in the third, fourth round. He's at the top of all the predetermined draft boards. No. I just simply, I'll move that all the way down. I, I I have him in a dynasty league. I don't even think he's going to start for me for those first seven games, Sky. So that that's one of those things. It's a deep league, too. Nine starters. I don't think he's going to be one of them. Bob? You know, it's just the fact that I feel like a lot of people, now that we're starting to get into more drafts, we're starting to see him slip again. He's slipping now. I've seen him in both like leagues. People don't like Josh Jacobs and he's got continues to get 15. I think the Jalen Rashard injury is bigger news than people make it to believe because Kenyon Drake now fills that pass game role instead of having three guys involved a lot. It's just two. And I think I don't know what to expect from this offense because number one, they gutted their offensive line. And Richie Incognito, who is good, but he's a psycho. <laughs> you know, he's gonna bully people probably. But the only point that this is like, I don't really know what the direction is gonna be. If let's say Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs takes the next step and now they're good offensively. We don't know. I just think maybe that could help the scoring upside for Jacobs. Because if he starts falling into that fifth round, like who are, who's he going up against? Oh, sorry, guys. Drafted Tyler Boyd. Yeah. Anyway, so. You <laughs> <laughs> get in there last second, Bobby. You know, here, here, here's the thing. We'll, we'll, ra- we'll wrap up with this because we have a question that I want to get to, and then we're going to get out of here. Josh Jacobs is also going around Javante Williams. I'll take the upside. Bobby, you and I have been through this. You're a Melvin Gordon guy. I'm a Javante Williams guy. Mike Davis I'll take. Miles Gaskin, meh, but I'd take him with the upside over Jacobs. Kareem Hunt, meh, but in PPR leagues I'll take him. Raheem Mostert, absolutely. Trey Sermon with the upside, yes. Um, Darrell Henderson, 
I'm not sure yet, but possibly because of the workload, that's five or six, seven running backs going after Josh Jacobs. I'm personally willing to take him at. Therefore, he falls. You know, again, I'm only five behind ECR, but I feel like I'm 15 or 20 uh, when I get into drafts because he's just there and there and nobody takes him and I'm still not willing to take him. So I'm just out. Guys, we have one more question before we get out of here, and I want to get to our man Kyle Ellis, who has a question for us here. I'll read it off for the podcasters on the YouTube. You can check it. Buck, we'll start with your quick answer. Bob, quick answer. I'll give my feedback, and we'll get out of here. 10-team PPR Keeper League. Keeper League. 10-team PPR Keeper League. Trade Lockett and DeMont for Mixon? Question mark. Lockett is on my bench. David Montgomery is my flex. We keep three players every year. No penalties for the league, so you don't have to worry about rounds and stuff. In a vacuum, keeper league, 10-team PPR. Keep, or let's see, trade Lockett and DeMont for Mixon. So I assume he's going to get Mixon there for Lockett and DeMont. Buck, what are you feeling? I'm keeping Lockett. I'm keeping DeMonte. That's that's my guy. I, I can't go against my guy. Boom. And then you add another one of my like sub guys to that with Tyler Lockett, there's no shot. Yeah, the caveat looks like here to me is that he's saying that Tyler Lockett's on the bench, so it's really just like plugging Joe Mixon into your flex versus David Montgomery. Um, I think if you're in win-now mode, I think Mixon makes a better flex than DeMont and Tyler Lockett right now. So I would actually consider the trade, but I would ask for something else. I think you can get maybe another low-end wide receiver included. I don't think it's a good two-for-one. I think you're not getting – I don't think Mixon's that much better. So ask for another player. I agree. If you're in win now, I would go with Mixon. If you're not, then I, I love Lockett. But I, again, if he's on your bench anyway, kind of an auxiliary piece. We love Demon as well, but Mixon to Demon head to head. I'm going to take Mixon there and look for another piece, maybe another wide receiver. One of my alternates that didn't make the list, Darnell Mooney, maybe Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs, somebody like that that you might be able to get for cheap here. Um, Michael Pittman, somebody that might get work. Look for a little bit of a, a deeper run there, Kyle. Hope that was helpful. For more questions and more analysis, check in with us next Sunday morning for week one kickoff. Buck, Levy, Bob, Sky, the whole crew. Jordan will hopefully be with us as well. We're going to have a full house. We're kicking it off. We're going to be with you all morning. Check out and leave your starts and sits with us, and we'll be back with you next Sunday morning. Very excited about this, guys. It's been a lot of fun here. Sky's butterless bread. Josh Jacobs finishing out the show here. Very excited to have our gamers are my guys, our will-not-draft list. Buck, it's good to have you back in the place, man. I know the, the fantasy focus community has been clamoring. Where the hell's Levy? Where's Buck? Who are the new guys? And look, we try to be as nice as we possibly can here. Bob and I are doing our best, but you guys are really the, the faces of the franchise, so we like to have you guys out, man. It's always a pleasure to have you back on. Yeah, great to be on. Great episode, guys. Excellent. All right, boys, make sure you check us out here on Twitter. You can find all the fantasy-focused avenues here at Fantasy Focus on Facebook, on Twitter, Periscope, and YouTube. Make sure you check us out next Sunday. And, of course, we'll be back with you next week as well. Victor, we appreciate the shout-out. Great show. Kyle, thanks. No problem. We appreciate you guys jumping in here. For Buck and Bob, I'm your host, Sky. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.